We're going to get pizza at the break, right? Yeah, we're going to get pizza at the what break. What pizza do you guys what, like? Can I, okay, can I remind you guys of something? If it looks like we're talking to each other in a show format, yeah. it doesn't work for the opening intro riff. It's got to be like off the cuff, like we would just... All right, just, yeah, let's just stop. Just bebop, just, bebop and scat. Just, just free, friends. free associate. I'm going to say words, and then you guys just like... Okay. People have to believe this is how we actually are. Go. Okay, Hit me. same shit. Like, Hit God, me. Kinda... Boy, I sure do like pizza. Cheese, pepperoni, a hamburger, Ham spaghetti sauce no. on the bread. Christians observe Christmas <laughs> differently from their Jewish friends. I went to Hebrew school, didn't learn a thing. My ah. favorite kind of cookie is a snickerdoodle at Christmas time. <laughs> hey, here's another rhyme from Chris. I like to celebrate Christmas, ka, and my name is Chris. Duh. Now here's Griffin to finish us up so I we just, can talk about I wanted games. to talk about pizza. I wanted to talk about pizza because well, that's I, something that I, I actually do. No, no, I, I actually have a legit question about this. Do you like New York pizza when you visit? Have you ever had like actual New York? Like, okay, really? this is also a bullshit Ray's, thing. As somebody who, has, who, who, who uh, has been imported into New York, this idea of legit New York pizza, I don't know what the fuck No, 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 but it's because like, it's, so shut up, shut up, shut up, plant. So many wow, plants. we haven't even plant. started yet. <laughs> shut up, shut your fucking mouth. I hope none of these games are as contentious as pizza. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the year. <laughs> no, come on, you blew it out already. My name is Griffin McRoy, and uh, I know the best game of the year. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the year. My name is Ross Prushing, and I know the best game of the week. I specifically requested the no rushing section. <laughs> There's a sign behind my chair I didn't notice. It says, uh, you may get annoyed, you will get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in sports tickets. MMA, lights, ladders, screens, windows, people, TVs, games, everything. And this week we're talking about games, bringing it back to where it all began. We're picking the best games. Do you of remember the year. when we had that like 20 episode arc where it was just ladders and tickets? <laughs> it we was had, so long. I, w I was just naming things I saw in the room. We were reinventing ourselves. One of the many times we reinvented ourselves. Yeah. We're like, what if we tried? tickets for a while sure. and then that wasn't enough to no. fill a whole hour so we're like gotta get some ladder talking that in. when they introduced that second step not like the top step but like the safety step right oh. below it that was like huge, huge innovation that, that was a big deal discussion. yeah uh so here's what we've got we've got uh 16 games yeah 12 of us them are selected by us and four of them were selected by you at home uh and we are going to pit them against each other we have four we say loose groupings? Divisions, sure. if you will. I know you're not much with the sports, but yeah. they call Four them divisions. divisions. Four hemispheres. Four right. hemispheres. In the first division, we have sequels. Grand Theft Auto V, Assassin's Creed Four, Black Flag, Saints Row Four, and Fire Emblem Awakening. Is that really a sequel? Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Martha's back. For the sake of uh, the bracket. Also, Martha's back. Give me a break. Uh, Young Next lady. division, Originals, Towerfall, Tearaway, Rogue Legacy, and The Last of Us. Ugh. 
God. And the third division is revamped. Now these are technically part of a series, but are a bigger a bigger sort of paradigm shift in the sequels category. We have Tomb Raider, Bioshock Infinite, Super Mario 3D World, and Zelda A Link Between Worlds. Last up is the Experimentals category. We have Kentucky Route Zero, Gone Home, Brothers, and The Stanley Parable. It's a lot of great games. Holy cow. A lot of great games. It's now, before you get uh, up in knots about the different divisions, and like it, it was just a way to group them, people. It's really hard to group all 16 games into like four equally spaced divisions. So yeah. some of those could probably be considered sequels and their revamps. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, we needed the indies to have a chance. Because if you put like a Gone Home up against a Call of Duty Ghosts, where is Ghost <laughs> on this list? Guys, we forgot. Um, How did the fans yeah. not jump in? Uh, it, gets, it, gets a, it gets a buy, actually. Oh, yeah. It gets right. a buy and then to the final round. For the entire competition, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so you know at home, Ghost is our game of the year. But, uh, so I say, like, listen, let's get into it. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. First where we, battle. Where are we starting? Let's go to sequels. Okay. Start off, be an easy one, right? We're going to start off big. Grand Theft Auto V versus Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag. What Woo! is up? What's up? So uh, you want people to kind of just give Let's a, set a basic setup. Set it up. So I, I reviewed this game. So I'm, okay. I'm, Grand I'm Theft Auto V. Real short, Grand real concise. Okay. Keep it, really keep concise. It tight. Uh, they took uh, all the beauty and majesty of the giant open world from Grand Theft Auto 4, which was set in New York, moved it to Los Angeles, and then they added uh, this thing called Fun, uh, where the game had a sense of humor about itself, uh, finally, and you could do lots more that wasn't just boring driving around uh, and shooting people. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the boring side activities of uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 became at least more interesting for me in Grand Theft Auto 5. Uh, there was more color, and there were more characters, which is uh, an idea that I think everyone's going to rip off pretty soon, which in this game you could switch between three protagonists. Are we counting GTA Online in our consideration? I think we should. I think we have to. Yeah. But they call it a standalone game. Like, that That's is their message. It, 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 we, we added the the, uh, the review, we added the GTA Online section to the review. I mean, so, not that, not that and, as and, far as we can tell, Grand Theft Auto Online has added really anything substantial sure. to the GTA uh, Going up against experience. GTA 5 is Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Oh, yeah, this is sure. a 
the what is it? Actually, the seventh or eighth in the yeah, series. It's a like billion. That. It's been like I don't know. PSP one. So this is, this is the new big tentpole uh, Assassin's Creed Four. It takes you to the uh, the open sea, the Caribbean. The Caribbean is as Edward Kenway sailing around the uh, the ocean. Uh, lots of it's definitely an evolution in terms of actually making fun uh, side activities. Right. They Far Cry three it up. They Far Cry it up. This a is bit. Ubisoft's like defining moment of their strategy of let's do Far Cry 3 yeah. in all of our games sure. because that did super, super well. Yeah, I'd also say it felt like a return to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood where it was like, oh, like we need to make sure not just the main story is the focus, we need to make sure all the side quests are fun and engaging as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, just moving around the world and doing stuff in this game needs to be fun. So better, uh, better main quest, better story. It's a, it's an evolution. And pretty sweet much every... pirate shit. Yeah, sweet around the clock. Stuff. I think it's safe to say that everyone at this table despised Assassin's Creed Three pretty consistently, um, and it says a lot that like me as being really pissed off at Assassin's Creed Three came back and was like, "What you got, Assassin's Creed guys?" Yeah, and they totally sold me. Collectible like, sea shanties, also absolutely. Sure. Um, so <laughs> I asked this very. Very tenderly, I think we should try to keep it calm, keep it polite. Okay. What's 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 our initial read on this? What do you what do you guys think? I'm so torn, man. My my opinion on GTA Five has soured pretty significantly since I finished the game because it was super fun, and they did get back to. Uh, I liked San Andreas way better than I liked GTA Four. Yeah. Um, because it didn't take itself seriously. It had. Um, I, I just liked the setting of San Andreas much sure. better. I felt like it was more open, much larger. There was more stuff to do, and GTA V gets back to that. Um, but I, I just hated every single character and every single line of dialogue in that entire game. It was so like this is GTA V. GTA V, yeah, and, and, and it's what they were going for, which yeah. I guess like kudos, but. Every single like sentence that was uttered was so completely despicable and not in like the playful like hey, hey, hey way, but to where it was like honestly by the end of it getting like kind of hard to stomach sure, the, sure. the garbage. Yeah, I, I'm not I, saying it was poorly written. I'm saying like no. they made the most like just horrible it, human. Well, I think you could make an argument for poorly written oh. in that it didn't have. I don't think it had a salient, interesting point to make with all the cynicism and meanness. I think that the dot you can make an argument that the dialogue is better than a lot of games, but I think as a cohesive story, I don't think thematically so it had a lot to say I other think, than everything is shitty. I think it is actually the opposite. I think it is one of the most interesting games in the GTA series in terms of having something to say. I think the all the male bullshit, the, so much of the game is about, you know, like the male persona and machismo and that sucks. I have no interest in that. But what I found interesting is that throughout this game, and this is something you actually had an issue with while you're playing it, you are doing all of this work and you're not getting any money. Like, it keeps keeping money away from you, uh, which is so the opposite of what you expect from a Grand Theft Auto game. And what I love is that it's putting the idea of Grand Theft Auto on its head. It's showing that you get into this lifestyle and you get deeper and deeper in the shit and you get less and less for it. And there's always gonna be people who are above you who are going to use you, uh, whether that be you know crime or the government or somebody. And I, I like that idea, well, I which I think is- while it's a worth, it's, it, it, if you're looking at it from that lens, it's interesting that the only way to actually make money is 
to play to play the stock market the stock, uh, yeah. to play the, play the legal market. but horrible but thing. yeah at the same time they're like we just sang its praises for being this return to form of like fun stuff to do and like i didn't spend a dime until i finished the final heist because you get like 90 percent of the money that you get throughout the entire game by playing the final heist and it's like you can't afford but most of the stuff. See, I don't think that's true either because I, in terms of weapons and stuff, I never had an issue buying anything. The problem is it makes you it, it makes you think that you can't buy anything because it's setting these numbers so high and in your face. It's like you're gonna get up a bajillion dollars uh, and then you get like seventy thousand. But the reality is everything in the game except for like planes Tanks, is exactly. underneath that price and all now, the properties. Yeah, and, all the properties. Yeah, and, and the properties are meaningless, I which is again a like pretty great critique of the entire system. I think we're all uh, focusing on uh, you know the story. Obviously, there can be complaints uh, about the characters, absolutely, and the writing, absolutely. Like I personally liked uh, the Trevor stuff. I thought it was well acted and like funny. Um, didn't care for like Michael's story and Franklin's story was like a joke. It's a wash, but. I would say the thing that we should really be focusing on, because it's by far the most impressive aspect by a mile, that and why it's on the list. scene was just so great. It, I don't know about you guys, but I got my heart a racing. Is uh, this world that they created? Yeah. Like no one ever has made a video game world that is this believable. Name another world. Not believable. Is... I thought you were going to end that sentence with a different word. No. Okay. I would say believable from block to block. Every aspect of the city feels like a city that I could live in. Yeah. And it looks gorgeous. Complete with the long freeways connecting the different like regions of the city, which inexplicably at the end of the game they make you drive up and down in every single mission. Like yeah. I'm not I I don't mean to like cut the cut the rug out from any of you because sure. like the world is incredible, but it does have these so, long stretches where there's nothing and it makes you thoroughly excited. But, I, but okay, even but, when the, I would but, say even but when what there's we're nothing, talking about like, what we're when you're, you're what you're talking about is an issue of resources like given x amount of time and dollars everybody could i mean anybody can accurately replicate a world false. like that's not so false. no no there's no artistic inspiration to cr creating a digital world like that you throw enough money and people at it and it, and it it will be there. I, I, I yeah. It, let's look at another game that came out this year that we'll get to in a little while is Bioshock Infinite. There are plenty of projects where people throw money at something. About, I'm not talking about making an interesting world. I'm talking about making like if you want to try to replicate the scale and scope of LA, then you pay a bunch of money and have a bunch of people creating. Yeah, but it's not just a matter of like having here's 64 buildings that we can pick from. It's a it's a pretty serious undertaking to like just from an art design standpoint, from yeah, like a city layout let, let standpoint. Let me, let, me, let me also re rephrase what I think Freshik is trying to get at too is not only does it feel believable, like when you're there, it's like wow, this is LA, but it's also usable and playable. Right, and that's yeah. like that's that's difficult to just somehow reduce an entire culture okay. which they do pretty well even while well, I don't like the cynicism boy does it feel like LA a lot of times yeah and I think that is the accomplishment that's a worthwhile on top of all that I, I will say the moments that I had in the game uh, away from all this bullshit and we're going to talk about this I'm sure with Assassin's Creed where you get away from the story because there's not a lot of story we can talk about with Assassin's Creed but the moments away from the bullshit were incredible like going up into the mountains in an SUV and like starting a crime and then driving down the highway up into the wind farms with helicopters flying yeah. are flying into the wind farms and suddenly is like fading into night and the door opens of your car and the light is like pouring out of your car and yeah and people don't like when you talk about like graphics bullshit but like 
I felt so in it when yeah. those little details are happening. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I am in a Michael Mann movie. I think, though, for different reasons, I, I could say a lot of the same stuff about Assassin's Creed 4. It had a scope that none of the other games have come close to, and it really did... There, there was so much in the world, and there was so much variation from, like, island to island to area you would visit that it made me feel like, oh, I'm just going to sail in this direction and see what I end yeah. up... See where I end up. Because I, I left a lot of stuff on the table, like places I could explore. And yeah. just because, you know, I, I had to get back to my actual yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, I didn't... A I huge didn't... step forward, I think, in, in a way that um, it, that I think makes 3 even worse. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no, there's no question that 3 is a black mark on the series. But I would say... I, so there's a Pirate couple Terror. things that I think... Oh, God. There's a couple things that I think uh, Assassin's Creed 4 does really, really well. The uh, exploration aspects, I totally agree with you. Like, going around the world, I don't think the environments change that dramatically. Like, you're still dealing with no, the, I'm, I'm the about, Caribbean. No, I'm about 40% done with, like, the world content of, like, everything that there is. And, like, I now kind of every island is just sort of, yeah, like, there's some hidden treasure there. There's a whale nearby. But like, it's... Well, but no, it I'm talking about a look. To, sure. That is very distinct from like the cities do vary pretty yeah. dramatically, and and you know they're they're a lot different from like they're just a small you know native and have sure. native colonies. And There's like now. the Mayan jungle or whatever the Aztec jungle yeah. and yeah. So I agree that like some of the islands do look different. I think where this game absolutely succeeds a hundred percent is boarding a ship makes you feel like a goddamn pirate. Well, to yes. to be more like to sort of catch all that in one basket. I think, and this may be a fairly contentious statement, but it, it, it captures the feeling of piracy yeah. better than other other games that like didn't have this second real world storyline going on and didn't have all these exploration elements. Um, it, stuff like that, like building your ship, I had such a sense of ownership sure. in that ship, even though like I can't really decide what it looks like and I can't really name it. Uh, I mean, I can change the sails and the figurehead and stuff like that, but like I felt an ownership over that and the yeah. crew and how we developed and and to, it to me the what you, what Russ mentioned and what you're talking about that gameplay loop of I see a ship over there I'm gonna go first off shoot that ship with lots of different weapons try to steer away from that ship swing onto that ship on a sweet rope cut a another rope and you know zip up to the crow's nest and shoot the rock that that loop of like capturing a boat and, and some of the other pirate activities is more fun and and I think made me happier and made me more uh, was more exciting to me than any sequence in in GTA 5 which is See, why I'm leaning towards Assassin's Creed, me, the reason Assassin's Creed yeah I, I, I understand that and I enjoy that in the game the problem with the Assassin's Creed series for me as a whole and this is barely a problem I'm like right now I'm just kind of nitpicking at the two of them but it's that I feel a bit like I, I, I'm in a Skinner's box. Is that right? Where you're just getting Skinner box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the cat that yeah. didn't exist. <laughs> oh my god! Did you? I, I, is that really what you're? No, trying to I, no, no. I, super, I, super I, I, I literally just did the wrong thing. Okay. I, but I feel like I'm just getting fed these like rewards. Oh my god! Now I'm trying to think of what Pavlov. Um, thank. Uh, sure. The Pavlov. dogs. Pavlov's bag. <laughs> he put his dog in a bag and he kept throwing treats. Nothing. Um, but I, I feel like I'm getting these rewards, and that's what I'm really playing it for. And I don't even notice it until I step away from it. And then after I finish the game, I like run around the world, and I'm like, I don't really enjoy this. I don't really enjoy the fighting. I don't really enjoy 
the getting around this world but i do enjoy like climbing and getting like a ping and it being like you've opened up some more of the map and like you found yeah, a little bit more of this but the fighting's great like the fighting's great the and the fighting ship combat's great and the pretty. i mean like I, I can't agree with you that it's just like a dopamine hit that you get for a, a reward because like the these individual components do work i mean they are fun and well constructed and are varied and uh, are are not like and I, and I would say more so than a lot of the loops in our gameplay segments of Grand Theft Auto V, which I, I don't think, I think just from a combat perspective, like fighting and killing things. I would say Assassin's Creed Four gameplay-wise uh, and like mission-wise is pretty steady. Like it's pretty steadily pretty high. Grand Theft Auto V, I think, has more peaks and valleys and the peaks being, I think, obviously the highest. Well, mission. wait, wait, wait. Uh, let me let me disagree with you there because I honestly think the what we're not going into, which is very important, is that the campaign, the story of Assassin's Creed Four, is, not is really not good, and those missions are really not that interesting. They're like forced stealth missions, forced follow this dude missions. Like I will say a this: lot of not whoever fun. invented, whoever storyboarded, and also the person who greenlit the two words boat stealth. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't work in this industry or any industry ever again. Okay, anymore. I think I, let me let me stop you guys. We've talked about this for a long time. Just so we can see where we're at, I want to take a vote. Okay. Because we we have a lot of games to get through today. What is the vote on on these two games? I would vote Gosh. GTA Five, but I, it's close. I would vote Assassin's Creed Four. I GTA Five. Oh man. <laughs> we'll mix this up so it doesn't always fall on you. Um. I hate to do this, but for Boat Stealth alone, it's GTA Five. Yeah, right. Grand Theft Auto Five. Congrats. It's a great game. It's, it's a really. I want to like Assassin's Creed more than because it's yeah, so surprising yeah, yeah. that it's this good. I actually think Assassin's Creed Four, and the reason I didn't bear down too hard is that you are 100 percent right that at some point in the creation of all these side stuff, they forgot to make the main yeah. quest like good at all. It yeah. is. It is shocking. We're like, you want me to tail a fool again? Yeah. yeah. That's all in I a do. Boat? In a in boat? boat? Can't see me? Is... My boat's wicked big. <laughs> Black Flag 2, when they drop the Assassin's Creed brand from it, and they don't have to worry about all the other stuff, yeah. and it's just Black Flag 2, that game is going to be uh, uh, So GTA 5 oh. moves on. Our next pairing. Uh, I suspect will be slightly less contentious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Saints Row 4. Versus Fire Emblem Awakening. So okay, we should mention that the Fire Emblem Awakening is one of the user votes. Uh, so let's give it the due respect. I'll give it. The, I'll give it some due it respect. Really, it's really an good incredible game. game. It 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 tied it over. I think a lot of people. The 3ds has had, I think, the best year ever, both in its lifetime and possibly in like any handheld lifetime ever like there were some there were some mammoth yes, gems no 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 I, I, I think that's actually pretty fair we got fire emblem awakening some, luigi's mansion sure. animal crossing pokemon uh, uh link link's awake oh god link's one of the best <laughs> yeah like it has had okay. a, a like a killer year when i talk to people who say oh, i don't have a 3ds like after this year it's like what are you doing yeah. how do you not have one at this point and i think uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, I think, came out in, like, what, February or something? Yeah, it was early. came out early. Had, like, tons and tons and tons of content. Uh, I, I had never played a Fire Emblem game before, mm -hmm. but I, it was very familiar in the uh, Advance Wars yeah. sort of way. Um, Surprisingly really good writing. Really like, good writing. writing. Looks, yeah. that really looks gorgeous graphics. Here's what I will say, and, and uh, the fact that you haven't played a uh, Fire Emblem game before, I think, has a lot to do with maybe why... Uh, I mean, it, it, I loved it, too. Like, I absolutely really dug it. But 
having played one before, I know how formulaic they are, and this one sticks really close to the formula. Like, does a little bit interesting stuff with like with um, people mating and yeah. like having babies. Like that was kind of interesting. But for the most part, this is a straight up Fire Emblem game. So a really good one, but doesn't really innovate that much in the formula. Um, we we are supposed to lay out these games before we start. I thought we laid out the other start. one. No, we just Saints said Row the 4. title. Oh, yeah, you yeah. just assumed by saying the title, people know. People knew. Superheroes. Okay. Well, well, to be fair, what you just said about Fire Emblem, in a weird way, could be applied to Saints Row 4, yeah. which is oh, was yeah. originally a downloadable content pack for Saints Row 3. I mean, it obviously came a long way, but there, it, it's an interesting kind of head-to-head. because There's a lot of reused uh, uh, the segments, entire city. which is not what we should be hung up on. It should be about... Let's lay it out. Lay it out. Fun. Lay it out. Saints Row Four. You like Saints Row Three? What if you had superpowers? What if you could do anything? What if you I, do it, it goes anything. beyond superpowers. What it's if that, What if games had no rules and yeah. you yourself Who made these rules? did not have to abide by rules? Uh, it, Saints Row Four is is the power fantasy defined. It should almost be the end of power fantasies in video games because you don't get more powerful than being the president who has superpowers, <laughs> which is what actually no bullshit happens in Saints Row In the Four. first five minutes. Yeah, um, but I, I do think, let's move on, compare these two games because I'm sure when we pit this, whatever wins against GTA V, we'll talk about it a lot more. So, um, I, I, I'll start with, with Fire Emblem because I, I feel like you guys are gonna wanna get this round over with pretty quickly, but I, I I am now only now remembering like how much I really loved that game because I think you have a good point. I could see it being you know formulaic, just another series entry, um, but it is a type of strategy role playing game that I had never experienced before. Like uh, there's a lot of stuff in that genre that is just too intense mm-hmm. for me. I've never been able to get in like the Disgaea series. Uh, I like Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, and this was something that like was super fresh for me. Um, although without that freshness, I can see why it wouldn't it wouldn't be so hot. But it has like it's that kind of like super content rich, mm-hmm. um, offers you a lot of chances to customize your team, your dudes in that you know Pokemon esque way. Like yeah. that's that's my jam, and I man, I put dozens and dozens and dozens of hours in. Yeah, I loved it. Like don't get me wrong, like I. I, it's probably my favorite Fire Emblem game of all the ones I've played, but only by like a minuscule amount because again, it's like just slowly iterating, which is what Nintendo does. Like Nintendo knows how to make a game better over time. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, we were talking about reused content. Like a lot of that, uh, a lot of those assets, I'm sure, came from the Wii version of the game, which came out a couple years ago. Uh, the three, there was a 3D Wii. Um, Fire Emblem game that came out. Do you know that for sure? Or are you just you just butt talking? Maybe I'm just butt talking. Right. I think you might just be butt. I don't want to assume, I but wanna, I want to have a vote. Maybe. <laughs> Let's vote. Okay. Let's vote. Saints Row Four. Also, I'm voting Saints Row Four. Yeah, Saints Row Four. Griffin, what's your vote? Uh, it's it's Fire Emblem, but it doesn't matter. All right, Saints Row Four brings down Fire Emblem Awakening. This, this is the worst part about this. These are just like great games. Yeah, that we're just we got we got to be merciless for this arbitrary selection. Of <laughs> <laughs> which art product is the best one for whatever next section? This one is brutal. Uh, this is originals. These are games that are. Uh, Poor Griffin. It's good. This is good. <laughs> These next few are going to hurt. Uh, so let's get down deep into them because I don't even know how I feel about some of these. First up, Towerfall versus Tearaway. So I just want to say something before we do this. 
Um, <laughs> a funeral dirge. Nope. First, we're gonna um, lay out. No, 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 no I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna lay it out. Okay, okay. so Tower Falls is the game of the year. And Tearaway is a really fucking amazing game that should not have to. It didn't ask to be here. This is brother versus brother. Okay. So Towerfall is. You guys give give me like if okay. you could just sum it up in like thirty seconds, just like I tell you to, just once. Yeah, it's like a Smash Brothers type of game, but with arrows. It's, it's single hit kills. Yeah. It's much faster. Smash, Smash Brothers had arrows. Did you replace Pit High or Link High yeah. or Toon Link High? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Griffin, Tearaway, 30 seconds. Tearaway is the most delightful game that I've played this year. It made me so happy. It's a concentrated ball of paper craft joy that makes you a character in the game unlike any game has ever done or even tried to do. It's a reason to own a Vita, and you guys are about to take it out behind the shed. <laughs> All right, guys. Hasn't it had it hard enough? Like, it's heard, a great game. It's already down to like $19.99 no, on I've heard, I heard it sold well recently. Can we check, can we like, check something real quick? Quick vote. OK. I gotta go Towerfall, I'm sorry. Clicker's plant. Towerfall. Tearaway. Tearaway. What's yeah. up? Let's do what? this. What? No. Tearaway is a delightful, oh my creative, this is gonna beautiful get game. Super, super ugly. Work of Just art. Just so we're all Tower mentally and physically Tower prepared. Towerfall, you guys think I will I'm not. Really, I no. do not want to have to trash Tearaway. You're, you're, you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, that's what we're leveraging against yeah. you. Tower I will I will trash Tearaway no, if I have to. Towerfall. I love that game, but I you, will trash you it. You guys <laughs> love Towerfall. Like, you love Towerfall. First of all, that game's not really out yet. Okay. First of all, it is on Uya. It was out on Uya. First off, Towerfall, you guys love Towerfall in the same way that in college, I love Office Space. Like, no. me, and no. my, me and my buddies all got together. It so was like mad. a really transformative time. No I, before these crowded streets, Dave Matthews band best work, and I have fond memories I'm, of it, but I'm, only because you guys work in a place that covers video games I, I really and have didn't want to countless people let's, play let's, video games. No, 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 it's before it gets nasty, before it gets nasty, our, our thing that we talked about before we did it is if you haven't played a game that much, you wouldn't be weighted in in the count and i think there's going to be a lot of room for towerfall to go up against stuff later i haven't played that much towerfall you, you were there it, though it's you were valid. there for the 20 minutes of towerfall what i'm what i'm no but what i'm saying that is was, and i don't think it's an invalid point that like you guys are in a situation that a lot of people that are, has nothing where, to do with it okay it's i could like I could, I could like finish a point and well, then you could tell me I'm why just, it's wrong no let him let him finish the point okay I don't live in a situation where I have three people to play Towerfall against constantly. Now, does that necessarily make it less valuable or less worthy? No, but I think your guys' perception of this game and its value is colored by the fact that you have a constant source of people to play with, and you have uh, lots of opportunities to like, you know, you have lots of great memories about like great fights or ha great stuff that's happened to you in the game that are experiences that I'm saying most people would not yeah. it is not does not mirror the experience of most people. Like you love it in the way that people you would love foosball because we all have a foosball oh, table. Okay. And we're, so we're so I, 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 I'm not saying yeah, I'm not no, detracting I, I, from it. I'm I saying what it's, you're it's, saying, it's, but it's why I would say in response and why I, I feel like that is unfair and also not true is that would be like saying like you have a Vita and I don't. Therefore, you have an experience that yeah, I'm not, like we that can't I'm not knock, welcome we to. We can't just knock the other player games and, out and of I, I think the foosball thing is interesting. I do think that is like an interesting comparison. Where I would say that is different is we have tons of games yeah. to play competitively in the office. We, not, have, we, we do not tons. laugh when it comes to Not only that, I have played tons of competitive games over the last 10 years. No joke have not played a more entertaining minute-to-minute -minute competitive game than Towerfall. In the last I want to clarify something. I was. I think Tower, Towerfall is great too. 
I, I, and I've so, had a lot of fun when I played it. Yeah. I'm just saying that I think, be, and I don't think this is invalid, is like because you have so many good memories tied to it. But this is then that's then that, that's, that's, that's that's only a testament that's to a good how good thing. the game is. But also this. But like if my if like I had won a million dollars on the same day I bought Bayou Billy. So Bayou Billy's the <laughs> sweetest. No, thing no, that would be like if you played Bayou Billy and by playing it you got a million dollars. Okay, yeah, but I was like, I, I want to scratch off on the back of the game. It's like, well, that was the only way, uh, like, oh, I was no, the only one who won. This, this metaphor is getting, like, really, out yeah. of control. Here, here's, here's, what I would, here's what I would say, and why I feel so passionate about Towerfall. And sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That was very rude of me. This is why I think I feel so passionate about it, as in, unlike any game this year, is I have never seen something like what's happened across not just Polygon New York, but Polygon DC, like, Throughout our entire company, people who don't play video games yeah. have started forming communities around this game. And there were many options to do that with other games, and that never happened. And it's become basically a short, like this shorthand for everyone we work with. And it could be any company, because these aren't people who work at Polygon, these are people who work at like SB Nation or people who work in Product Team who would, have never played any games since Mario Kart. Like, it's this weirdly magical thing that I feel like. It, it, it's just I, I just that, could yeah. not imagine it happening. That is capable of bringing in not only that casual player, but also the insane players like us or Jimmy, who's uh, one of our video guys that it absolutely dominates everyone, but is still able to enjoy himself and have a good time when he's playing people that just started playing. Okay, Griffin ta Tearaway. Why yeah, is let's it talk about Tearaway. It's just not like any game I've I've ever played, both in terms of like presentation and just what the game is like it's a it's it's a platformer but it's so much more than that because if it just relied on its platforming elements it would be pretty um uh i don't know it wouldn't really blow me away yeah it's everything that it layers on top of it, it it's it's i don't want to gloss over the presentation because it's one of the like most incredible things i've ever seen in a game before how how they have approached this idea of everything being made out of paper mm -hmm. uh in such a holistic manner in terms of just design and sound design and, and mechanics um, they use every single piece of the Vita um, almost like justifying that rear touchpad in a way that I didn't think a game would ever be capable of doing before yeah um, but it, it's just like it's magical like, it's, it, it's that's magical. that's I, I, that's such Playing like a that's magical. such a bullshit like box quote term yeah but every time your, your face is in the sun in this world that it captures through the Vita's um, like face-facing camera, facing camera. Yeah. yeah. And every time it, my face showed up in the world, I would like make a face almost involuntarily. What's and, your like, did you, you like, make the same face every time? <laughs> I, this is what I did every time. Like, that, like I'm so happy to see. And everybody. there is literally no reason to do. Oh, like, yeah. I was alone. It you wasn't. You take for, a picture of a butt. It wasn't butt. for anybody's <laughs> entertainment but my own. And like. No game has even like come close to capturing me in in that way. Like it's such a unique experience um, yeah. that that is just it takes this idea of user generated content uh, and doesn't make it this engineering thing. It's it's like it's your an artistic thing. It's an art artistic way of of generating content in a way that anybody can understand. They're like I, they have a, there's a moment in the game where they're like. Okay, we need a pattern for this moose. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, come up with a pattern. And instead of just being like, "Oh, who gives a shit?" Like, I'll do whatever pattern I care. I actually like looked around my room and was like, "What's oh, gonna look good on gingham. this moose?" Yeah. Awesome. And I like 
And then I was like so thrilled when the moose was in Gingham. And, and I did a picture of Bill Cosby's face. <laughs> um, and, and then that kept showing up throughout yeah. the game. Like it has this great way of reusing the assets that you create all the way up until the point where the, the ending, which I won't spoil because it's my favorite video game ending of the year, uh, it just like encapsulates it all into this world that you feel like you are the absolute author of. Like it's 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 enchanting. It's incredible. For me, it, it I I really enjoyed it because it felt like a safe chance to go back to kindergarten. Like this like place that you like was like very warm and experimental as a child. Where it's like oh I, I can do craft projects and we're going to like it, it's all these very simple tasks that mm -hmm. are like just naturally feel good and also like an emphasis on you in a weird way that doesn't feel vain right like kindergarten did and just like yeah seeing yourself in the sun doing these little projects but it never feeling um patronizing yeah well, uh to save us from actually having to do a vote because i don't think we need to do that are we willing to concede that even though we haven't had the same experience with towerfall their their deep and abiding love i'll, of it I'll is break this i'll break it. this right now it's not their love i don't give a shit about that um <laughs> I, I played it. For, I played it for twenty minutes upstairs um, a couple hours ago, and I had a blast with it. Um, I love these kinds of my favorite gaming experiences this year. If I were to look at my top three, I think all three probably had some local multiplayer element in it. It's like the industry is moving in that way. People are starting to remember how much they love that stuff, and that's amazing. Based on that twenty minutes, I can totally see myself getting as deep into it as as you guys did um okay so so with that tower fall brings down terror but seriously uh, if you didn't if you have a vita and you didn't play tear away oh gosh it's, it's so cheap. it's super on sale already which is like heartbreaking like yeah. please buy it really and play is that an amazing game. game and it's probably going to be the last like or one of the last like really big vita budget games. studio specific to vita games that comes out for a while because like oh for a while for yeah. a while because well, it, I don't know. there's nothing on the horizon like, it's all going to be indie so well, no, no that's not true you got gravity rush 2 is uh, sony sure. seems to be wanting to associate it as the ps4 like secondary device yeah. so the idea is yeah, that a lot of things will be coming out listen, on this is this is this is not related uh, we unnecessary segue unnecessary segue we got two more games in this category Please rogue go. legacy versus last of us you go get a phone, you just want a phone to talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech, you know? The contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not gonna do that to you? Not gonna pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. A real unlikely pair. That's... I mean... Well, I mean, now if you'll let me set up Last of Us, you may have read 
the uh, incorrect polygon review. <laughs> 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 Russ, Phil Kohler gave oh it a 7.5. Now we can all agree that's the wrong score, but let's move beyond that. Uh, it's a game about a man and a little girl trying to escape the undead. She is immune to the the uh, the plant yeah. that is taking over the world and 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 uh, uh, turning people into zombies. So uh, a, a an adult man has to score. <laughs> you have no other characteristic. He's a man he's a and beard, he's definitely a an adult. A bearded gentleman has to escort her uh, across the country on a on a road trip, uh, and it is really really good. Yeah. Uh, Rogue Legacy is a uh, action platformer game in the Castlevania style that is uh, uh, has roguelike elements uh, pretty much all throughout. Uh, it's it's it, the controls are like really really good. It has that element of randomness to how the characters are generated. Um, I, it also has a really great system of progression and, and unlocks that. Uh, you spend the treasure that you find in the castle, which makes that whole loop like really rewarding. Like every yeah. time I found a big hoard of treasure, um, I, I I don't know. I got really excited about it. I like games that make treasure feel the valuable. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that when we talked about Link Between Worlds. Like when you get something in a dungeon and you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm gonna use this. We need to pick this up a little bit, but I I honestly I'm sitting here. Do you guys have a strong like for me, I feel like I liked each of these games almost exactly equally. Right now, sitting here trying to think back on it, um, I I it's so I tough. really don't know. I mean, yeah. I and and they're like it's just such. I thought this both is why these drawing great. comparisons to things like this. I know. It's, it's really you just have to start. I I what I like about this discussion is it's a chance to talk out why we like the games. Yeah. And not try to be like, well, one of them is a platformer. Yeah. Here's here's where I, I'm freezing up is that they are on the tone spectrum, literally the yeah. polar opposites, because Rogue Legacy, you could be like a, a lesbian dwarf with irritable bowel syndrome yeah. who like just jumps around and goes searching for treasure and like it's fun and lighthearted. It can be kind of punishing, but sure. entirely mechanically, if you die, it's it's almost comical in a way, the way that you're remembered. Um, and The Last of Us is impressive in this just bleak web of despair that it it never ever 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 lets up on yeah um that is like i i had fun playing rogue legacy i don't think i would ever call anything i experienced playing the last of us fun and like i'm into as much artsy shit as you can throw at me but like it's hard for me to play a game and say wow that wasn't fun at Oh, I didn't enjoy that at all, and then uh, still be like, "That's I wouldn't, a great." I wouldn't say that. I think what Last of Us does, and like the fun mom moments of Last of Us, there's two moments. One is the like really cool wide open arena stuff where you get into a situation where there's like 20 guys in an area, yeah, and you essentially have to like really use the environment and use like stealth tactics and like am ammo conservation to dismantle this well, huge crowd even, of enemies. Even not mechanically. Being dropped into those kinds of oh shit moments, like Uncharted 3, you're in the boat, the glass is breaking, the water's about to come rushing in, like those moments are better than the moments that follow them. The, those moments of tension of like, oh no, this is about to get so real. Last of Us is just that back to back to yeah. back to oh, back. Well, to and back. moments where you keep thinking, oh shit, this is going to get real, and then nothing gets And then real. nothing and happens. That, that, those are the best. <laughs> yeah. like, those are my favorite moments in the game, is when it just chilled out. There yeah. are moments of uh, in Last of Us that are and I think I talked about one on the show where you 
the the little girl you're watching is talking with uh, uh, another young boy that you meet on the road and he wants to take a toy with him that his dad won't let him carry in his back because they don't want any extra weight uh, and the dad tells him he has to put it back and then the, the scene moves away the camera moves away and if you look back you see Ellie the girl you're watching pick up the toy and put it in her backpack. I just got to chills, by the way. Literally, uh, as we're right? talking about and that. Uh, yeah. She and doesn't like, do it if you stay and watch her. Yeah, you have to turn thing. your back and then look back at yeah. her. Like, that to me, if you put that kind of thought into a game and you put that kind of thought into making me have that moment that you made that only, not a lot of people are going to see it, but you, I looked back to see it and I think, think about it now, I think I think I have to go with Last of Us. And, and when I, when I, as you were describing that and the chills that I felt like in terms of the games that I had um, an emotional connection with like with the characters with the story without a doubt I had the most intense emotions while playing Last of Us mm -hmm. um, there's uh, you know moments towards the end of the game that I don't want to talk about for people that haven't played it but like there's a very quiet moment that everyone re will remember having played this game yeah. not to mention the like very ending which is also like really uncharted territory for <coughs> video games um, you keep doing. I don't know if you've. Read, that's like the, the fifth time. pun that you've done during the during the set. It just okay. happens next. What do you guys think? Let's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, God, Last of Us. God, talking about. I have harbored such a grudge against that game because, like, when I finished, I was like, I'm never gonna play that game. Like, that game made me feel like dog shit. But it makes you feel nine something. hours. Yeah. I guess, but like, like so does like. So does like Schindler's List. That's what it feels like. It's like Schindler's List. I never want to watch that movie again. But damn, it was good. It's a weird comparison, it's but sure. Really, really uh, <laughs> what? It's a really depressing <laughs> but really well-made movie. Last of Us. Last of Us. Last of Us. Yeah. Okay. Rogue I will say, also I'm great. psyched for Rogue Legacy to be out on Vita. Yeah, that's the platform it's designed for. All right, it so is going to rock. Last of Us takes it. Uh, that's half of the games in this initial round. We are going to take a quick break for halftime, and then we will be right back. It's the holiday season in New York, replete with falling snow, ice skating, and it's here that four questionably wise men have been tasked with the most difficult challenge of their lives. They have to buy something nice for another human being. So, I have to get in the mind of Justin Hoops McRoy. What does Justin like? Things Justin likes. Happiness, family, brothers. He has two brothers. He likes the game Brothers. I'm getting a gift for Russ Fresh Stick, uh, my favorite bestie. I'm gonna scour the city until I find just the right thing. Oh, oh no, no. It is way, no, it's way too cold. It's like 20 degrees out there. I'm gonna have to find something in here. Griffin loves me and everything that I do. Uh, I think when something's made, it's made from the heart. I'm gonna make him something. My secret Santa recipient, my secret child, is Chris Plant. He loves a lot of things. He loves his wife, he loves Towerfall, uh, but more than both of those things, he loves The Bachelor. Nice. I found exactly what I want to get Justin, and no one is here to sell it to me. There is a hoot owl with a baby mouse. Also, pug. One try four seven, I don't, I don't know who's there. I'll just ask him. Oh, those are all. No, sorry, wrong floor. <laughs> You'll sell anything here? No. Great. So I need two things here. I need Elmer's glue and I need macaroni. Okay. Stationery. 
Here we go. School glue, just what I needed. Should I buy, no, I'm gonna go off brand. This looks very business. This looks, I'm not seeing a lot of retail. No, there's no retail options on this floor. This is no good. I'm going to go find him a book written by recent winner and host Desiree and Chris about uh, baseball themed love poems. This is just what I need. Okay, so I don't know what color this is. This is probably like a brown, right? Yeah. Uh, so I found a Barnes and Noble. It's on 46 and 5th, which is my favorite Barnes and Noble. I don't know if Barnes and Noble has a books written by romance reality star section. I know what I'm gonna get him. Something that represents family and Christmas and brothers. The perfect bestie ornament. The best ornament. Let's find somebody in sales who'll talk to me and I'll buy resin an ad on one of uh, our sites. That'll be perfect. That's cheating in the family. Is this sales? That's the snack room. Does no one work here? Why do we have all this office space if no one works here? Uh, uh, so we found uh, the Barnes and Noble, the last remaining bookstore in the universe. I don't think they have a genre called butt food. Uh, so they didn't have the book of baseball-themed love poetry written by Bachelor contestants, which is really unfortunate because I had to ask somebody in the store if they had it. It's, I think, an ebook exclusive, which is my bad for not looking that up in the first place. But Chris Plant left his iPad sitting out on his desk. I'll put my credit card info in there, ebook it. He'll turn on his iPad like, what? Nobody's here. This is no good. This is a bust. Nobody's here. There is the New York City taxi cab, seasonal and local. There are four adorable bears, because they're bears. So we're back in the office, and we're gonna construct a masterpiece. An artistic, heartfelt masterpiece. I don't want some goof-ass present. I don't want like a nice card. I'm getting Chris Plant an incredible present. I'm an incredible present getter and giver. So Griffin really likes tearaway. So I thought I'd make him like a homemade tearaway style card to celebrate the holidays. Oh no. Okay, I guess I'm changing colors now. Hi, uh, fellow coworkers. Uh, I'm doing some Christmas shopping for Russ Frustick of the Besties. And I was wondering if anybody would sell me anything. I'm in the market for high-end electronics, and I can spend no more than ten dollars. Does anyone have anything they could sell? What do you What do you got here? This is a knockoff iPod Shuffle. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got them for the bathroom. Bath tins. <laughs> okay. Uh, this costs four dollars and fifty cents on Amazon, but uh, I'll sell it to you for four dollars. I want to spend at least 10 because I don't want to have to get in more things. Okay. Hey, this is great. Hang on, How much? Hang on. What do you got? This is probably useless to anyone. Perfect. That's ideal. Hey, give me your iPad. What? <laughs> give me your iPad. Just give me the iPad. It's an iPad. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. All right. It's locked. <laughs> the perfect crime. Okay, so this is us. This is like, we're like brothers and we're besties. And this is me and Griffin and then Hoops 
and then Russ. And Russ has a little bit longer hair than he normally does, but like, I don't think anybody's gonna notice. And this is New York Giraffe, and he's dressed as a dog. And this is all the other characters that Russ plays, and they've been cooked, and we're gonna eat them. So, um, here's my uh, work. You've got uh, painstakingly laid macaroni on uh, glue, not Elmer's, this off-brand glue. Uh, we have these hearts that uh, are covered in macaroni, well, the cheese from the macaroni and cheese, that hopefully when I shake it off, it'll be uh, perfectly in the shape of hearts. And we've got Milton Bradley here, talking about how he doesn't trust the Irish, which, I'll be honest, I don't really trust the Irish either. So, I'm with you there, Milton. So look at this. Here's, here's a, a holiday shopping tip from me to you. Apple. <laughs> That's official right there. Apple. Official Apple branded product. No problem. Okay. I have five more dollars to spend on. This is a steal. Thank you, Joel. I appreciate this. I would say the plan went off seamlessly without a hitch. Masterfully executed. It's, it's from Santa. I need you to unlock your iPad. You mean it's from Santa? It's just unlock your iPad. You're going to buy something on my iPad? With my money? <laughs> the Christmas crime is done. Looks on his iPad. This is a, a genuine iPhone 5S uh, fake model. It's, okay. it's not real. It doesn't it just look the same way. And I can get that for $5? Yeah, you can get that for $5. <laughs> wow, this is great. Thank you so much. This is done. Great, I'm done. So I got Rust 2 official. <laughs> So uh, tune in to our next episode to see what we uh, got or we'll reveal we this during halftime. Because we, we don't know yet. Yeah. We literally at this point have not exchanged gifts. So, But you know. You're home. Uh, all right. Next big category is revamps. And our first battle is Super Mario 3D World versus The Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds. Hachimachi. <laughs> oh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Go to bed. <laughs> you are not going to like how this shakes out. You know what's really sad is that some dude who actually made those games is like, he's getting the credit again. again. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot win. Um, uh, Oof. Okay, Griffin. Did we do this on purpose? Did we keep pitting like really? No. What, no the way these, really the way these shook year. out is we pitted, we gave seeds where the highest and lowest scoring games were pitted against each Based other. Based on reviews. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, uh, what do you want me to do? Mario Super or Zelda? Mario. I'll do, I can do Zelda. Okay, uh, Super ahead. Mario 3D World is the first 3D multiplayer Mario game. I never played it. I played it with, with my wife and uh, two of our friends. I didn't play it any other way. I only played it with four people. Uh, that's the only way to ingest this game. It is a, I would say, part party game, part like really tight uh, Super Mario Galaxy style platformer um, that is just like... It's fun in a way that Mario games never have been before, in, in, and it's all in that cooperative uh, play, which is okay. really Zelda. Solid. Well done. Uh, Zelda Link Between Worlds is a sequel to A Link to the Past, the SNES game. A Link Between Worlds has you returning to that same map and that same world of that previous game um, while uh, totally revamping what a Zelda game is in terms of structure. Um, there's tons of freedom in this game as to where you go. How you get items is completely different. They actually make you care about getting money in a Zelda game for the first time, maybe ever. Um, it's 
just basically like how Zelda is going to be taken into the next generation. It, it's like this it, feels like the it, evolution of Zelda. It nails open world in a way that I was not aware Nintendo was capable of doing an open world. Absolutely. Uh, so I want to say something before we get too deep into this. I have not spent a lot of time with with Mario. I have I played one world uh, by myself, and then we played okay. some and some together. In an interesting way, I have not spent a lot of time with Zelda. But so I played let me say this: Mario. if if it's three against one, I will not fight uh, for for Zelda because that you won't need to. I won't mathematically, need to. you won't need because it, but if we're that's a grand gesture. If we're this <laughs> sacrifice laying down your sword. Well, right I, I'm just saying I'm not gonna make a big thing of it. Okay, but if, great. But if we're, but it if is still going to lose. Zelda is obviously the better one. It is. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, of the one that, but it's way better than the one I didn't play very much. But it, I, I, to me, Zelda caught me by surprise in a way that I was not capable. I was going to love not only like Zelda games, but like Nintendo games. Period. I thought that that ship had kind of passed me yeah. by, but this got its hooked into me so deep, and it doesn't hurt that it is a spiritual successor to your favorite. What, game in of my all. opinion, is my favorite game of all well yeah. no it's the best game of all time my favorites but that says a lot because oblivion. you have such an emotional connection to and, the and past. let's and let's be honest it is playing with those it yeah. is taking those art assets and reforming them in a For way sure. that's recognizable but still but you evolved. could also that could really go against them which is like this is one of the best games ever made how like making a game that's so closely tied into that right. could easily be it like oh this is, there's no way this could live up this is a better game I, than Link to the Past I think the only I think it is the only thing that's giving me uh, pause about this decision is uh, again and like this keeps coming up and when I'm trying to make these decisions is just how I ingested the games yeah. because I played it with with you know three of my favorite people uh, over the course of like God we bought it on I think launch day and I just finished it last night. Um, it, it was like this. It, it was the source of maybe nine or ten nights of like a lot of fun. Whereas uh, Link Between Worlds, which I adored, I just like just like pillaged that game yeah. in like two <laughs> days yeah. by myself, Lonely just like sitting there. I was like, <laughs> I didn't get it all. Um, like to me, I think that's why I, I I think Zelda is the more important game symbolically in terms of not just. Uh, uh, where the series is going, but Nintendo starting to like figure some stuff out, like yeah. Pokemon and Animal Crossing, two games that are probably in my top five that uh, we didn't pick for some reason. Um, both started to like get this idea of uh, 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 online multiplayer in handheld games, right? Which nobody has done on the like dedicated handheld market before. Like Nintendo's starting to turn the old ship around in terms of of just the things that have been so frustrating about that company in the past. I think adding co-op to Mario is baller, but um, it's also a trick that I mean yeah. we've seen Mario games well, do. It. No, well, that, no, no, don't. No. I will stop you right there because uh -huh. these, th the new Super Mario Brothers games and the 3D Super Mario World game, not even totally, remotely totally comparable. Different. Not even remotely comparable. What I well, it may be better, but like they they no, did what, it. What I what I think is the achievement of Super Mario 3D World is it took what is my favorite of the Mario games, which is Galaxy which is very much a single player experience. And they found a way to make that experience workable with four people. So this is what I'm gonna say, and I mentioned this earlier to Justin. <clears throat> I agree with you to a certain extent, but because of the camera and because of the nature of the angle that you're seeing it, I think a lot of the platforming is hindered by some of those aspects. What, I, okay, like, so I don't I, know if I'm gonna jump and land on something all the time. I don't know if I'm gonna hit something above me. Cause it's like the lining it up 
It's I agree with that. that. That's kind of fair. And I, again, I, this is just being fair to all the games. I think that's a little unjust just because these are games that you don't really like and games that's that you not put true. I very love little games. time into. Platforming like, games? I, well, well, this Mario game, like, you, okay. bo- both of you, and like, your first 30-minute reactions, both of you were kind of like, eh, it's for babies. I, uh, okay. Which is I, your words. That is, is. But also, when I was, when I played it, I was like, oh, I But I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's bad at all because I think these very much are what we're coming to with it. And that's why I would just say, I wouldn't attack it for that because it gets very complex and Take the fact it. that you guys can trust do it, on this the fact the fact that four people can play it is a testament to the controls being pretty to, to me pretty solid. to me the thing that i the thing that sets zelda apart and we really need to take a vote on this yeah. and figure out where we're at uh, the thing that sets zelda apart is and i think you take money as, as an example i think money's a good parallel between the two money in zelda has been re-examined to see why are you getting it why are you getting rupees what's the point why are we having you do it? And how should that work? How should that feel? Yeah. Coins in Mario are still there working the exact same way they okay, always have. But that's, but, yeah, okay, but that's weird. They're, I'm sorry. I'm saying I don't think Mario re-examines itself and like really says what's worthwhile, what's useful, why are we doing all the things we're doing in a way that Zelda the, the way that Zelda does. I, I just want to finish up on Mario and then we can take a vote. Sorry. Okay. Uh, but I, I basically want to say the same thing that you said, but for Mario, and that I feel like it's a game that finally uh, takes this language of Mario that everyone's very, very familiar with. And it's amazing how in like ridiculously in-depth that language is. There's all these characters, all these worlds, and it uses that and subverts it constantly, level after level. You, oh, basically, it has a sense of humor about it from wearing like the Goomba's skin or a flagpole that starts Which getting at a level and way. suddenly flies away. And it's taking this thing and like it's almost a surreal twist on this already pretty surreal game. But I, I have a feeling it's going to uh, to lose. Well, and what, what I, I, I just wanted to bring up a point of like comparing the rupees and coins is like it's kind of apples and oranges because you're looking at something that did definitely change in that one game and something that didn't change in the Mario game. There's tons of stuff that changed in the, in the Mario game. Like it's not nearly as subversive as Link Between Worlds is. I won't argue that like it's changed equally. But I think by introducing this co-op element, they have changed the very genre of of the game from being just a, a platform. I think so, and I think that they game. made it. They 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 figured out a way to make it feel relevant, which is super yeah. impressive. and I that's just, I think that's why you're seeing it in all the ads. Like it's it it could. I just to me be Zelda same. Zelda takes that a step further, which is yeah, what puts yeah. it for. Uh, a step ahead but me. you don't have a Mario tattoo, do you? So, like, if we're talking about bias... <laughs> oh, no! Flash him. What? Well, mine's on my leg, so I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, okay, Zelda. Zelda. Mario. Wait, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, we'll life. do it a different order. Kermit, you got... <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I uh, God. I, I had a better time playing Mario, but Zelda's the better game. I'll concede okay. it. All right. So... Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds brings down Mario 3D World. Is it Mario 3D World Land? There's been so many. It's called Super Mario 3D Already World Already just the let, jumping one, let right? Let it die in peace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, number six. <laughs> oof, oof, this one's big. Uh, the, our second matchup in revamps, Tomb Raider versus Bioshock Infinite. Wow. Tomb Raider is a... I think it, in the same way uh, the other two revamps we we're talking about is a real. That's a revamp ass. Revamp. That is a revamp yeah. ass revamp. They have there is very little that ties this to other Tomb Raider games other than the, she's British. The lead character, she's British. Uh, even like 
her backstory seems to be she's very not, different. I'll say this. She's not as British as She's even less British she's less than she British. was before. She doesn't have a butler or a British mansion. Uh, it right. brings it into an open world game, uh, completely revamps controls uh, and, and how basically every mechanic in the game works. I mean, it is a from the ground up relaunch of the Tomb Raider franchise. Bioshock Infinite is a first person shooter that kind of is a hodgepodge of uh, its creator's interest from history to philosophy uh, and represented in this bizarre kind of twisty story that is about everything from physics to uh, political beliefs. And it, very, very simply, you're in a place in the sky and you have to find a bad dude and maybe save a girl, though she kind of works with you. That was that was wow. pretty. Well, <laughs> I started. I, no, no, no. You got everything. You, you started at the top, and then you went all the way down to the you bottom. Don't wanna, it's the inverted pyramid. You don't right? want to spoil anything. I. This one's really tough for me because I I feel like the question in this round is about execution versus ambition. Yep. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. Like, for me, Tomb Raider is executed in in a really sensical. Uh, but almost, I, you could argue, methodical way. I maybe mean, even clinical. Maybe even a little bit clinical. And that's not taking away anything from sure. the creation of the game. I'm saying that this is not about, this is not so much about swinging for the fences as it is about how do we make Tomb Raider relevant and what's the best, mm -hmm. most efficient, sexiest, coolest way we can do that. Yeah. Bioshock Infinite, on the other hand, I think is about big ideas and it's about trying things and it's about throwing a lot of stuff. Uh, you could almost argue maybe too much stuff. I don't know. But throwing a lot of stuff against the wall and seeing what, what works and mm -hmm. going for a really big idea. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know I, which of those do reward. Sure. I, it, I, it's tough. So this is what I would say about Bioshock, uh, where Bioshock succeeds and where maybe it doesn't quite succeed. Um, just in terms of like, so the first half hour of Bioshock Infinite is one of the most memorable video game experiences of my life. And one of the most exciting video game experiences I've, I've ever had. Oh, it, it's amazing. Like, drew me into this Im incredible world, totally foreign world. I didn't know what was going on. There was mystery. There was uh, subtext that was, like, slowly delivered. And I was just fascinated by it. Um, and that is really, like, those moments are what Bioshock does really well. And honestly... It saddens me because they are very rare throughout that game. They do not happen very often where you're quietly introduced to this world. Um, and in their place, what, what uh, those moments get replaced by are combat sequences where you're in a very large environment and there's like 20 guys in the center of the room and you've got a bunch of weapons and you've got a bunch of magic powers and you sort of just kill a bunch of them. And it's not a violence thing that I'm talking about. It's a uh, just like... It seems weird. It seems like they're very contrary. Like the mo sorry, one second. The moment, the other moment that jumps to mind is like, um, what's her name? The Elizabeth. Girl. Elizabeth. Um, like you wake up on the beach and you're going through like the toys, uh, the toy store, and you're going through like, like all that stuff. Like really rings like yeah. very memorable to me. And then what follows after it is like a wave-based combat sequence. Um, and for combat that really didn't feel very good, bosses that didn't really feel very good. Like, it just feels like there's two games there, um, and one of them just isn't up to par with the other one. Whereas Bioshock 1, I thought there were two games there, and both of them really managed to meet the other one's uh, level. Um, 
I, I, I just wanted to say, like, a lot has been made of the, the violence of the game, and it is, like, an exceedingly violent game. Um, but but for me, that has never really been uh, a knock against it in, in terms of, like, I would condemn it for its violence. And when I say violence, like, I'm talking about the hook executions, sure. which is... Sure. Uh, it's not, like, uh, uh, something that ruins the game. It's just so contrary to, like, every... It's the most gorgeous, like, world. Um, it's, yeah. its execution might be a bit off, but it is the most gorgeous and, like, a captivating world um, like ever and you 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 get it throughout the game the first half hour is so condensed and you have like every 15 seconds like a moment that's like oh my god what's that oh my god what are they saying like but it, but it is throughout uh, and then to have like the most no kidding like the grossest like <laughs> decapitation like yeah. face ruination I've ever seen in a game before like it's not like oh this is terrible it's like that's weird because I was just looking right. at a butterfly. <laughs> like I was, there was a butterfly yeah. on that dude's shoulder, and then I ruined the his other, face. The other thing about this is that, and and this shouldn't be a criteria for how good a game is or, or not, but you have to remember that if you're making a game of, the, if you want a world of this scope, and you want a game of this intelligence, it's like saying something at yeah. least, and it has points to make. There are going to have to be concessions to get it actually made by yeah. people. Like if you want scope and scale it's just like any anything else like if you go to the movies and you see massive you know production values i don't think that that's always going to tie to perfect execution of like a very specific artistic yeah. statement that you so know. we keep the, talking the thing, about oh, sorry sorry what, I, I, what flawed execution are we talking about because well, like we keep saying the, i i, I want to say what just bothered me about it, as t as i've been away from it mm -hmm. because i think it is a game that I call it, this is horrible, but it's like Garden State Syndrome, where it's a series of images that are all very interesting and ideas that are interesting and music and emotion, and it pounds you, yeah. and, and it works in the experience. And then there, you get away from it, and you start to really kind of dissect it, and you start to find things that you kind of find a little upsetting or ugly or cheap. Um, and what really upsets me about Bioshock Infinite is it, it feels like it uses history and also very, very hot-button issues as basically like uh, emotional trapping or decoration. Mm -hmm. And I, what I find, I mean, really, really upsetting about it is its portrayal of race and poverty as this, this nothing almost. Like, it, it says it's bad, but then it doesn't really have anything to say about it. By the end of the game, we're talking about metaphysics. And it, and it sets all that up in that first three hours. In that first three hours, you're like, this game is going somewhere good. This is going to be a game that says something about all this stuff and these terrible things it's making me do and making me see. And when you fall on the beach, right? Yeah. You fall on the beach, and the only thing people are talking about on the beach are how much they hate Irish people and black people. And it's like, wow, this is a really bad world if that's the only thing they have to talk about yeah. everywhere Not, you go. Oh my god, we're on a floating beach! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then it does all this, and the basically the, the turn is that, well, they're bad too. And yeah, that was like, well, no, they're not. And it's such... It, it worked in Bioshock to have that kind of like cynicism of well, you know, like well, it's more complex. It's just than an you think. absolute power but, but, corrupts. But this, comment. this like, it, it's such a like disappointing, cynical idea of the world to to put into this. When you say they're bad too, it, like well, the people who hate the racist people are also not that great. It's like wow, yeah. okay, that's and, kind of a crazy it, thing to say. Yeah, and and. It, that's what it is. It's just that, yeah, it's it's the recurring theme of Bioshock, which is like, yeah, power corrupts, and yeah, everybody's got, you know, give them a little power, and they'll be horrible. And it, it, 
it, that, that I can't. It's it's I almost using it's almost using that. like politics as, and I'm using that term very broadly. Yeah. But politics as pornography, sure. Where these issues of race and and religion are thrown in your face to elicit a reaction, but there's not a, a sentiment underneath it that's really worth the the what it's taking on. Yeah. You know, it's like it, it, Schindler's List, which I can't believe I'm bringing. Why do we yeah. do that? It's a great example of like. We're going to talk about Nazis. It's yeah. like, whoa, okay, that's a pretty big thing. I hope you have a lot to say about it, and it does. Yeah. yeah. Like, but like, the moment in the game that I think like even represents the whole game is when you go into the war museum and you see the Boxer Rebellion, and this museum doesn't say anything. It's just like giant cardboard cutouts that's just this horribly offensive stuff. And, and it's like, why, why, why is this being put on me? Like this, I, it's and I get that it's a video game and you have to reduce it and and all that stuff. But at a certain point, yeah, you have to choose uh, to emphasize something or to say something and not just use it as we a have, set dressing. But you said, but you you said it's set dressing. Like that's what that's just what it is. Like I, yeah. I for me, it didn't bother me so much that it didn't have like a message about it. It was set dressing. It was it was this like horrific characterization of 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 these different. Issues. He's saying that it's that's yeah. cheap. Imagine, that imagine like, like imagine Transformers, and then in the background they were like slavery, but also the slaves are bad. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, what? This is a blockbuster right. video. I, wait, wait, real quick. Does anybody have anything of merit to say about Tomb Raider other than it's excellent? <laughs> I mean, that's what it boils down to. Is like you have this game that again, ambition tried all these crazy things, made up this entire city, made up this crazy backstory, and ha with a mixed execution. And then you have Tomb Raider, which has a dragon sword, whatever, and as a fun action game. Um, so it's it's really. I, I, but that, that's the thing. For me, I, I I'm showing my hand because I'm going to pick Bioshock. But for me, ambition has always been more important than execution. There, I finished Tomb Raider, and I I can see where it was an excellent game with uh, some some excellent mechanics that was really good. Uh, but I I just found it kind of like. So forget you know it. I thought I thought for me it was going to be easy, but I I think the game that deserves to continue to be talked about is Bioshock. Over and I think it will. Here, here's here's why I'm I, saying now. I I, I, oh, I will yeah. I will say what, why I I disagree with that is because Tomb Raider is so well is so well made that it's easy to dismiss it, and it is ignoring strong writing, sure. strong characterization, uh, incredibly well crafted experience. It, it, there's a lot no, that is excellent oh about it, God, and and while right. I like ambition, there's so many. You know the the moment when she gets the fucking grenade launcher, and the whole place just loses its. You know the oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole place is like, oh shit, yeah. it's Laura Croft, yeah. and like the whole place loses its mind. It's her. And it's like, wow, and I that do, was great. I agree with Oof. Griffin that ambition in general, I would say trumps uh, just doing something really that's more good, the same really well. But game. but it, yeah, for me with Bioshock. It, well, I, I really, really admire the ambition. It's just what it's saying is even more than GTA V. I, I just find it so uncomfortable that I, I just couldn't. The message it. being that everything sucks, no matter what. But, but, Everybody sucks. Everyone's off. Wait, Which is okay. both of the games. Votes. Yeah. Let's Votes. do a vote. Okay. vote. Uh, I'd say Bioshock. Tomb Raider. Bioshock. I was just thinking about the part with the grenade launcher, and it's so sweet. Think about the barbershop quartet and the flying boat. That's sweet too. <laughs> what can't we? Here's what it comes down to for me in 
five years, I will not remember Tomb Raider. I just won't. It's a good game. But I won't. There were a lot of good games this year, though. Like, Bioshock Infinite had its issues, but God, it had some really weird By, stuff going on. Bump it, bump it, bump I, I, I will push my vote just because I want to talk. I don't think Tomb Raider is going to make it past Zelda next anyway. I would be happy to talk more about Bioshock. I'll... Tomb Raider's really go. good, though. It's like, really good. If we're talking about the best game... We'll do it next year because they're doing the, the next gen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll bring it to next Besties. It'll get a mulligan. But are we really remake. saying that if we're talking... This is, a, this is why this is so arbitrary. If we're talking about the best thing, isn't the game that's, like, better? Yeah. <laughs> like, better executed and better made and more fun the one that should win? Like, isn't it like... it, it would? Be okay, like, but if we put Call of Duty Ghosts up against Frog Fractions... Frog Fractions wins. Why? But Frog Tractions isn't morally reprehensible. But I stop it's a it. bit more. <laughs> well, I sure, but, but your example is also. Reprehensible. <laughs> I don't. It's what? Not. No, it's, it's not. not. That's what well, Bioshock is not morally reprehensible. No, well, not, neither was that a fair comparison. I'm just saying, <laughs> if we're going to get into like Fox News chat, I'm going to go for it. I think it's Tomb Raider. Oh, God, Justin. I'm we, sorry. we got to move on. I think Tomb Raider was more fun. And, and for me, I, we could talk about a lot of this other stuff as like. We can't just go by based on fun, though. Like, a fun factor, like Last of Us versus Rogue Legacy from a minute-to-minute -minute standpoint. Well, no, he's just saying why he personally feels I, Okay, but the, and the other thing about it, and this is where it really loses me, is when I finish this, and maybe I'm dumb, but when I finished the story of Bioshock Infinite, yeah. my reaction was, what the fuck are you talking about? I had to go look at my little brother, had to send me a flowchart to show me like what just I happened. I didn't think it. it was that complicated. I didn't think so either. To all the, I mean, all the different ram. I mean, I get the basic thing that's yeah. going on, but like in terms of what all the different ramifications mean, like that is not great storytelling. I just when you when you're in the game, it's like, what are you even saying? And it's such a, and it, the other problem with it that I think is like actually the biggest problem is Bioshock Infinite opens a door with its story that literally invalidates everything that will has not only happened in that yeah, series yeah. but will continue to happen. Okay, but it, we can't uh, for me this argument of okay, but it has multiple universes so anything could happen. Like that's such a that's always seemed like such a pedantic argument cuz like if you start talking about that like is any game that has this multiple universe factor like that's not, but that but, that, that's, but that's also true. BioShock's like, fault because it, it it literally says like it's not like one where it's like oh it reached into that bag once and pulled something out. It, the end of the it, it, it very much is like, yeah. it could be anything. It, and, and that's, I do find that frustrating. I was going to say this because I assumed it would make it further, but I just find it frustrating when, and this is why I don't like most fantasy, when the, anything can be explained in the fiction. And that's the argument that people use when they're like, when I say I don't like the story and they're like, well, you didn't understand it. And I'll be like, well, this, this, this didn't make sense. And they're like, well, maybe in this universe. And it's like, <laughs> oh. Sliders, they do that in sliders a lot. Is anybody willing to switch? No. I'm leaning. Stand strong, stand strong, stand strong. Here's what it comes down to. There is no way either of these games is going to make it past the next round. Not a chance in hell. Like, not a chance in hell. So you, We talked about the ending of Bioshock. How did Tomb Raider end? If you can tell me how Tomb Raider <laughs> Dragon ended, Sword. If you can tell me right now how Tomb Raider ended Dragon Sword. in a, acceptable detail, I will back off. <laughs> okay, wait, give me a second. Seriously. <laughs> Don't say grenade launchers because that won't be in. Yeah. <laughs> wait. Wait, wait, wait. That's what I'm saying, dog. Like You don't remember it. You and don't remember point, it because it's like it, in five it, years you won't remember it. It was good. Okay, okay, Bioshock Infinite. Fine. Well done. 
Still not making past the next round, but that's fine. Okay, that's fine. Bioshock. All right, moving right along to experimentals. We got the Stanley Parable versus Brothers. Let well, me pitch Brothers. Actually, this will be a Brothers one. is an amazing game. That is, I should make an editorial thing. Let me. Brothers is a game <laughs> where <laughs> Brothers, you are controlling two different characters in a fantasy world. Uh, it, it is a co-op game for one person where each character is controlled on a thumbstick and they have very simple actions or very simple controls rather, rather that are tied to the left and right triggers. So this is the little brother and this is the big brother. Maybe I have that reversed. And the story of their sort of like fantasy adventure to, to find a potion to cure their dad is paralleled in a real way with what you're doing in the controller. And by the end of it, it connects story and mechanics in a way that is really, really amazing. Uh, and and I found one of the most sort of like, not just moving, but it was moving in a way that used mechanics to move me rather than dialogue or music or whatever. Mm. Um, and I, I thought that that was, that was really fantastic. So you're you saying know, I probably should have finished it. That's, yeah, Russ, you <laughs> probably should have finished I it. I got two trolls together. I can't talk. Husband and wife trolls. I can't, here's what's going to make this one easy. I cannot talk to Russ don't about look brothers. At, just don't look at Russ. I literally can't look at Russ there. Pitch, or in pitch, pitch <coughs> Stanley uh, Parable. Stanley Parable is... God. It's a work of game criticism that you can play. It is the most erudite game about games that anyone has, has ever made. I don't, you don't uh, think so? I think, I don't think, I think it's erudite. I, don't, I think it has a very clear... It's very playful, but like the points it makes touches on almost every single like issue with game design. And when I say design, like it's something that people haven't really tackled before. Because sure. you get these parodies like, what was that action game where the uh, guy was like... Zach, a Matt Hazard. Matt, Matt Hazard. Right. That like tackles the idea of like machismo running this biz. Like, yeah, totes. Yeah, you got it. Like, that, you got it. This takes the idea of... Uh, uh, narrative pathways and like level design yeah. and uh, and miraculously manages to do it in a way that is not mean or or means it, it there's no call outs it's not like right. hey i mean there are references yeah. to to but not some negative. games but in not in negative ways in good ways yeah in yeah, good ways yeah sure um it 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 doesn't reference anything. It's not mean about anything. It just it, it just knows you know issues it, out. in a real yeah. way okay so stanley parable let me try it it is about a guy who works in an office and there is a narrator uh, telling the story of Stanley. And Stanley has, in the big scope of things, Stanley has one very specific mission that he is supposed to do. And is and if he did it that way, it would be a very traditional video game. Very short. Very short, very traditional video game. But what Stanley Parable does is it allows the player the agency to defy the narrator. Um, and the narrator and the game and everything shapes itself around the decisions that the player is making. And then once it reaches its end, it starts again and encourages that to, to let you explore that way. It's a very nonlinear approach to You almost feel like a QA tester. Yeah. It's like yeah. break the game. There's even a moment where you can think that you've gotten outside the environment and broken the game, and then the narrator chimes in. Like There's so many moments yeah. like that where it's like, aha, I've outsmarted you. And then the narrator's like, no, you super didn't. Yeah. Brothers... Uh, I think is amazing and beautiful and everyone should play it. It takes like three hours and it's absolutely transcendent. But I think that Stanley Parable is more important and arguably better executed. And more entertaining. And more it's entertaining. super funny and, and clever. I love the hell out of Stanley Parable and I would I would pick Stanley Parable over Brothers. Me too. 
That makes it easy because now we don't have to worry about the brothers situation coming up anymore. Yeah. So Stanley I, Brothers, for what it's worth, I really enjoyed Brothers. Brothers is huge and moving, and I just everybody wasn't should able to finish it. Just fucking, we please. I'll, I'll finish it when I go home. All right, you promise? Mm, yeah. Promise. Sure. Promise to TV. Promise TV. I promise TV. Stanley Parable wins. I will finish it. Last matchup in this round in this sweet sweet sixteen. All right. Okay. Really, God. This is actually going to close this episode, this the show, right? This is our last decision. Yes. This episode. I got to say it out loud so the graphic can come up. Okay. Say it. Kentucky Route Zero versus Gone Home. Let's do it. Dun 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 dun. Jock jams. Jock jams. Do they say jock jams? Oh my God. Yeah. Who wants to do which one? I will not do Kentucky Route Zero. I can I can try Gone Home. I can I can do, I can do Gone Home. I can do Kentucky Route Zero. Kentucky Route Zero is a uh, point and click adventure game uh, that is defined as much by what isn't there in terms of like gameplay and story and items and graphics. Uh, uh, as what is there. It almost uses sort of, I guess you could say, negative negative space. It's stripped Which is down to its core. A lot of its graphics are black and white. Black and right, right. It, it strips it down to the absolute bare essentials. And in doing that, uses those to communicate a lot of stuff about desperation and longing. And what we should say is Kentucky Route Zero is an episodic game. There have been two episodes, and there are also two interludes that you could make the argument are or aren't part of the series. Count I think them. we need to count, count them. Yeah, part of the I'll um, say that because I liked one of the interludes way better than oh, I Oh, did you play the interludes too? I played uh, I played the entertainment, which we talked about last Wait, week. Wait, we got to do the other game. Sorry, the other game is Gone Home. Uh, it is a uh, very concise, I would sort of compare it uh, in, in terms of Link to the original Portal, uh, both both in tone too because the it's a very complete experience that you get in, I don't know, two, two and a half hours. But not in tone, really? Not in, not in tone, but in terms of it being like this full, it felt like sure. a full, uh, very enriching experience um, that is uh, a length of a game that I think it traditionally would put people off. I think it put a lot of people off because it's a two and a half hour game. It cost 20 bucks when it came out and people raised a big stink about that. But uh, it, it is a first person exploration game where you are in a house. Um, there is, uh, I would say, a limited amount of narration at certain key points while you're exploring this house. Uh, but you are unraveling the mystery of this family. You're a daughter in this family. Nobody else is home. Uh, and you have to figure out why you're there, where they are, who they are, uh, uh, what the like dynamic of the family is, what the history of this house and this family is. Um, and it, it, I'll be honest, I, it took me a long time to get around to the game because none of that sounds like stuff that I would be interested in, in doing. Um, but there is something so rewarding of solving this little mystery. Yeah. Of, of what this life is for these people. Um, and it, it does it in a way that is, um, it's just nice. It's just like a nice, nice experience. Like by the time I finished it, I was, I was happy for like two straight days. And a lot of that is, um, I don't know, the presentation's pretty limited. The soundtrack is really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a really interesting comparison with Bioshock because we talked about ambition earlier and interesting which makes enough, sense because Steve, well a yeah. lot of a lot of the people who worked on this game had worked on uh bioshock 2 and the bioshock 2 dlc minerva's den <clears throat> and when we talk about ambition and knowing kind of your limits uh, and using them to your advantage gone home i cannot think of a better example 
uh, where they looked inwards at what they wanted to say, what affects them as human beings, uh, what they like to create uh, in terms of these first-person games, what they don't like about them, and also what they could pull off on a certain timetable, which feels so much like the, the opposite of Bioshock. Um, and what they did is they stripped away uh, characters that you come in contact with, they stripped away AI, there's no guns. They, they came up with a very simple mechanic that is very original of just touching everything mm -hmm. and touching these personal objects. And that's, that's so interesting in games because as video games have gotten more realistic and believable, uh, the objects themselves have been kind of further and further uh, distanced from you. Or they're uh, just like very uh, formulaic. So yeah. it's like, oh, it's a ball, oh, it's a box. The most realistic cassette case I've ever seen in a video board game. Ga board games, too, that like, yeah. there's only like four or five of them in the house because each one must have taken them like weeks and weeks and weeks to make because <laughs> like, you pick them up and it's like, you could see, you you could imagine opening the box and there'd be yeah. like rules of this game inside that somebody made. Like, yeah. I think the, the biggest testament to why Gone Home is so great, it's this small, thoroughly explored, neat little package, is that the entire time I played it, and I imagine I'm in the majority on this, I kept expecting the ghost to come out. <laughs> I'm not joking. I expected a ghost well, to come okay, out of a but, closet well, well, and fight me. Like why I had such an engaging experience playing the game yeah. is because there's a pervasive feeling of dread yeah. as you're playing Gone Home. Mm -hmm. um, and that really powers you through a lot of the game's moments. And that's all done with uh, music, as you said, uh, really good lighting, like tremendous lighting. Um, like really well-timed moments that like you don't really expect. And, and the writing, because like you know nothing about yeah. anyone when you start the game, so you get these little hints of like what kind of people they are. And then like you'll read a note, yeah. and you'll be like, are they cheating on each other? Like, are, are, right. is that what's going on? Like, is this guy losing his mind? And, and then it, yeah. it, you, you start to build these other theories of things that you know literally nothing sure. about. Uh, it's just so rewarding to like, you could finish the game. You could read that note that says, like, oh, she's definitely cheating on him. Yeah. Then not read any more notes. Make it to the end of the game and be like, did you play Gone Home? Like, man, that mom was totally cheating on that dude. But, like, if you read everything, maybe the story is not that cut and dry. Uh, the thing that's, I think, you know, it's what's so hard about this is I think these are so similar mm -hmm. and dissimilar in, like, in a lot of ways that are worth talking about. Because Kentucky Route Zero, almost to the, where everything in, Gone Home feels very planned. Like, it yeah. feels very... And it's not a negative, but you are supposed to find the ticket stub yeah. underneath the freezer. Like, yeah. it's there, so you find it. Kentucky Route Zero almost willfully says, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. We put a lot of stuff out. Almost uh, even to the point where uh, when you have dialogue in the game, it is... You have dialogue options that don't shape the story. It's like... I. I don't know what it, what do you what do you think how, I'll let you make that decision based on like what is happening and what like what your mood is and like what makes sense to you and it doesn't shape things it's just like if a game could be plain spoken that's what Kentucky Route Zero is it's abstract but at the same time very direct yeah yeah it, it, it's even more interesting when you start taking conversations from different like sides which is which happens yeah. in the second act and it's like Wait, what? Two people like, are controlling why? both their dialogue options. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're um, talking to each other, and like, and it's it, it's. I think there is this like conversation between uh, technicality almost and folksiness that exists in both these games inverted, where the what you're coming in contact with in Gone Home is like is just like this is a personal story, uh, and it's very it very much feels like I'm walking in somebody's home, but also like you said, it is 
carefully planned. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, they know exactly what you're going to do, and then they're great at that. It's um, also not abstract at all. It's not, um, I, I saw a lot of people say it was, uh, uh, you know, this highfalutin art game. This but like, gone home? Yeah, there, there, there could literally be no more, like, inaccurate award than that. It is, it is so... It's highfalutin because you don't have a gun. I mean, it, that's yeah, really right. what it, it, it's it, so straightforward in the story spoke. that it tells. Yeah, that that it's not. I don't yeah, know. the thing but, about the thing about Kentucky Zero is that, and this is what I think is really funny about it is that it it almost defies you to, if you are trying to project, uh, like logic and reason onto it and like a meaning into it. Yeah, like it's challenging you to do that because if you do it, it's not. Hey, listen, it's not telling you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It is just telling a story about a guy trying to find a road. Yeah. It's <laughs> about a dude trying to find an address. And if you think because of your preconceived... Wow, I just completely rolled out of the way. If you think because of preconceived notions that, like, there's a lot... I mean, it obviously is... Hit, I'm, being, yeah. I'm being reductive because there's a lot of other stuff that's clearly under the surface. Yeah. Um, but to go, to go back to this technical folksy thing, just to, like, put a bow on that... What I think is interesting about Kentucky Route Zero is that looking at it visually, and, I, and you, we kind of talked about this earlier, it looks like a video game. It, lo it looks very like point-and-click adventure, and it looks very, it looks more like the uh, artsy indie game. Oh my gosh! Uh, but but it, I feel like it keeps pulling back and just being like, no, this is just a story. This is just like there's a great moment in, in the in the uh, first episode where it's like gets weird and weird and weird. And then it pulls back, and it's just people playing uh, their banjos and guitar. And it's like, no, this is what you're here for. And there's another moment that I really, really love that, I mean, you didn't even come across to give you an example of, you know, how you might not That's even see That's not my fault, things. though. No, it's not at all. That's The game does that on purpose, I think. Yeah. Like, it, it, to it, it lets you not, not see it. Sure. But there's a moment where you go into, uh, it's like a convenience store in the middle of nowhere, and you're not supposed to see it, but you, you kind of come across it. And there's these uh, fish tanks. And then the option is to put your hand in it. And the experiences of putting your hand in these fish tanks are so different and yet so weird and so memorable to me. I don't even want to talk about what exactly they are because they're so perfect and unique. And, um, yeah. And it's just really special. And, on, and on, on that token, what I would say about Kentucky Route Zero versus Gone Home, uh, Kentucky Route Zero looks, plays, uh, well, not plays, but looks and sounds unlike any video game I've ever played. Like, bar none, does not, I cannot make a correlation to another game. Gone Home uses a lot of very familiar tropes to it. Obviously, you don't have a gun, but you're, it's still a first-person shooter. You're using first-person shooter navigation techniques to find these things in the world. You're talking about a point-and-click adventure game, though, dog. Like, that's not real. No, but in terms real. of look and sound, Gone Home, uh, I'm sorry, in terms of look and sound, Kentucky Route Zero does not uh, like the graphical style and the like musical style and the audio design is unlike any video game I've ever played. Right, but I could say the same thing about Gone Home. Like, what other what other game has had like that Riot Girl soundtrack to it before? Like, for sure, I, I, would, I think those. But are I would say uh, Gone Home uses traditional like first person like you know it's a realistic environment. Like it feels I, I wanna, I wanna, familiar. I I, I I I hate to do this, but I, I I we need to figure out a winner here. Sure. Here's where I'm at. This is where I'm at. And, and anybody who wants to get aboard, okay. you can come along. This is kind of a cheat. You're going <laughs> to say because Kentucky Route Zero well, is no, I, What out. I think is that the reason this is so hard for us is because this single question, the last 10 minutes, what we've illustrated for you at home, is how absolutely and utterly meaningless, meaningless, meaningless <laughs> Game of the Year discussions are. Because, yeah. and, and I think that the, and it really highlights how 
good of a place we're at in video games right now. It can get listen. I can get cynical as much as the next guy, but you look at these two games, and they are two games that executed nigh perfectly on what they are trying. They are exactly what they want to be. Yep. They nail being that thing that they set out to be. And the only reason I'm going to say we should give it to Gone Home, there are two reasons. One, I'm pretty sure there's pizza outside. <laughs> <laughs> two, Kentucky Route Zero hasn't reached its culmination yet. And I would not, if I had, I would not play like the first hour of Gone Home and say it's better than a game that, that I finished. And Kentucky Route Zero, I, I completely get that it has succeeded at everything it set out to do. It's just not done with, with, with itself yet. So if in the fifth episode, it's all really racist. I don't want it on my hands <laughs> yeah. that I said it was better. So the here's the only argument that I do want to put against that, though, is if you're talking about just a game being complete, I think, one, the episodes can stand alone. I think the uh, standalone intermissions can stand alone. Sure. And I think they have said as much and done as much. And if you want, it's a dumb argument, but size, they, they are full. Yeah. Things. They're beefy. That I, they're, they're beefy. They're robust. That I, 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 that it doesn't bother me to have it on the list. I, 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 I could talk about Kentucky Route. I, it's my personal. There's like, a lot of stuff to talk about. That's the thing. And, and that's the other thing is we could, if we started talking about the entertainment, then it's a whole right. another. Right. We could talk for two hours about that discussion. and everybody would literally hang themselves. But um, I, I think it's, we're again talking about apples and oranges like we talked about how similar these games are. One is completely abstract. One is the most straightforward a game yeah. can possibly be in, in and telling they, a story about a very realistic I need a, I need I need choices. I've already made my choice. That's where I'm at. Point to me. Griffin. Go, gone. Okay. His plan is voting Kentucky Route Zero. Um, I can see him eating it. You can, know, if you I'm look, so you can hungry. see him eating the pizza. Chris I also pizza. have to pee. Like I'm like 30 seconds uh, away from the pants. Think about how much easier this I, will be for Kentucky Route Zero to swallow if they know they were beaten because we wanted in pizza. The interest of pizza. <laughs> in the interest no pizza of pizza. Um, wait, wait. Can I make? Can I make? Can I, can I say something? I want to say something to you. Here's a compromise. I like if, Kentucky if, Route Zero better than Gone Home. Okay. I, I have enjoyed the experience of playing it better. I just think if we're saying like which is the better game, Gone Home. This is all you have, this is all you have okay. to say to me right now. Okay. Can if you ask me to remember zero, the end of it, no, no. Can it be here again next year after it finishes? Absolutely. Okay. It, and Tomb Raider Unlimited. If we're here games. next year though. I will be very <laughs> upset. This is the first episode of the best season. It's in the can. We're going to be back with you soon. A few days probably. Look at Polygon.com, and we will make all of these go against each other. Gone Home brings down Kentucky Route Zero, uh, but but it will return. Uh, as will we. So uh, I hope you will join us then. Until then, uh, I'm Justin McElroy. We are uh, we work at Polygon.com, and we hope you'll visit there. And now we're all going to say uh, uh, besties at the same time. Okay, ready? One, One two, two, three. Be besties! Oh. Worst show.